Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Robbie Motter, the host of Diva Strategies for Success and the NAFI Western and Mid-Atlantic Regional Coordinator. NAFI is the largest global network for women, and I'm so honored that each week I get to bring you a dynamic guest that leaves you with a message and some great nuggets that you can use either personally or professionally. Today my guest is Leah Carey. Leah is the Chief Miracle Officer of the Miracle Journal, a popular blog where she writes about the large and small moments of joy that happen in her life every day. She is a life coach, speaker, journalist, freelance writer, and a lover of life. In all of those pursuits, she works with people to identify what's already right in their lives so they can build an even more joyful and fulfilling daily experience from that foundation. She began writing the Miracle Journal on January 1, 2011. You can read the blog at www.themiraclejournal.com and sign up for weekly emails that will help you to live your most miraculous life. Our topic today is finding miracles in everyday life, and I'd like to welcome you, Leah Carey. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Robbie. It's a pleasure to be here. And Leah's joining us from the East. She lives in New Hampshire. Leah, when you say miracle, are you referring to something religious? Mm, um, That's a question I get a lot, and no, I'm I'm definitely not. Um, You know, what I say is that if... If a religious experience were to happen, you know, walking on water or something that we relate with religion, then that certainly would be a miracle. But I'm talking about the really small things that happen in every day. I'm talking about those moments that just make your heart happy, that make your soul sing, and really acknowledging and experiencing those moments fully so that we really are more engaged and excited about our lives. Yeah, I think that's fabulous. Instead of thinking of the negative things, we get to think of all these wonderful things that we should be grateful for every day, and there are a lot of them, like you say. How did you get started looking for miracles? Mm, It was a really... um, it was a kind of gradual process that that looks like it was an overnight thing <laughs> when i when I look back at it now. Um, I came from a background of um, pretty intense chronic depression. I spent about twenty years dealing with chronic depression um, and really never finding a way you know wanting to deal with it holistically and spiritually and naturally but not finding my way out of it. And um, it wasn't until about eight years ago that I finally admitted that I needed medical intervention. I needed kind of the Western medical model help because nothing else I had tried had worked. And that put me into a place where, like, my chemicals got balanced, my, my internal depressive um, tendencies began to balance. And then I was in a place where I could really start doing the spiritual work that I had always wanted to be doing. And I went into this period of about five years where I was really looking at my life through the lens of, okay, I see these really, really inspirational people out there 
they seem to be really happy in their lives. And I want to live and experience the way that I do. But I still don't feel like I want to feel. So what's wrong with me that I need to fix in order to have that experience, to look and feel as happy as those people I see out there? And so I spent about five years really drilling down deep and, and dealing with a lot of stuff, you know, dealing with all that stuff that comes with sort of living your life. <laughs> None of us get here untouched, you know. <laughs> we we all true. have something. So, I, you know, I spent those five years really drilling down and always from this attitude of what's wrong with me and how can I fix it. Wow. So how has paying attention to the miracles changed your life? Well, that's really when on January 1st, 2011, when I woke up that morning, I had no idea that my life was about to change. What happened was I I discovered that I had double booked myself for two speaking engagements a couple of weeks later. And... um, and, you know, I was horrified. I, I, I like to be really careful with my calendar. But I, um, I decided that there was nothing I could do about it that day because it was a holiday, and I would have to leave it for later in the week. And um, within a couple of hours, I got an email from one of those two organizations saying, Leah, we're so sorry. We should have scheduled you for February. We're so sorry that we messed up. Could we possibly move your booking with us to February? I was so excited because it was like this clear indication that if I got out of the way, things would work out. And that was the beginning of the Miracle Journal. That was one of those moments that had I not paid attention, it very easily could have been like, oh, that's great, moving on with the rest of my life. But I really stopped and I paid attention and I went on to Facebook and I was like, hey guys, the first miracle of the year just happened. And that began this snowball effect of these things would happen. I would, I would take a moment to recognize them. I would go on to Facebook. I would acknowledge them publicly. And I think that was a really key component to what happened, to the change that happened for me. And then I was in a place where I was able to notice more and more of these things because I was open to them. And Mm -hmm. the really key shift that happened for me is that I went from looking at my life and saying, what's wrong and how do I fix it, and began looking at my life through the lens of, when is the next miracle going to happen? And what's already going on around me? that's right, that's good, and that I can appreciate. What are some of the keys to noticing miracles in your life? I think that it's really all about being willing. There are a lot of people who will say, I want to do this, but then when when they walk back out into their lives, it's very easy to get caught up into old habits because, you know, like I said, none of us get here unscathed. We all have some sort of experiences that have been difficult or traumatic in whatever way. And so we get conditioned to looking at life through that lens. Mm 
Now, as we say, we want to start looking at it differently. Are we really willing to take the time and to take the the um, energy and to use the focus that is required to start doing something differently? All it requires is willingness and a few moments to really pay attention. The willingness is key because it really is about paying attention to our thoughts. And, you know, I talk about how we, we get dressed in the morning and we put on one sweater and then we say, oh, I changed my mind. You know, I changed my sweater, I changed my mind. Or go out to dinner and your mate says to you, what are you going to have? And you say, oh, I'm going to have the chicken piccata. And then the waitress comes and says, what do you want? And you say, oh, I changed my mind. I'm going to have the lasagna. This, this practice is about actually changing your mind. Not just, you know, having this sort of little switch flip, but having an actual change happen in how you pay attention to and respond to your thoughts. And a lot of people hear that and think, oh, that must be really hard. The truth is, not only does it not have to be hard, but it can be fun if we allow it to be fun, if we don't put a lot of stress on and pressure on ourselves saying, oh, it has to look like this. So how can other people notice miracles in their lives, you know, uh- because sometimes we we have them and they let them go by. They they're so caught up in what's not working. Absolutely, I think that they're happening, truly happening in every moment of every day around us, within us. You know, I, um, we have something like seventy five trillion cells in our bodies, and. I would say that that means we have 75 trillion little miracles going on because if you think about it, when we breathe in, we don't have to consciously think about the fact that the oxygen comes in and our lungs expand and they go through whatever process to extract the oxygen and put to, put that out into the blood and then the the byproducts get expelled in our exhale and the blood goes whichever ways it needs to go to take the oxygen. We don't have to tell our heart which direction to pump the blood. All of that happens without our conscious thought or even our um, conscious participation. You know, if we tried to control it, we would get it wrong. <laughs> but our yeah. bodies are are built with this incredible knowledge system so that they take care of that all on their own without us having to think about it even for a moment. And so we have these 75 trillion little miracles going on within us in every single moment. We are, the fact that we are breathing and walking around is a miracle in and of itself. Everything else is icing on the cake. So the thing that I like to suggest to people is, you know, most of us are walking around with a phone or an iPad or, you know, some digital device of some type. Um, and I suggest that people put a, um, put a reminder 
on your digital device that pops up three or four times a day. And the reminder is to ask yourself, what's going right in my life right now? I like that. What's going right in Because once they get in the in habit of looking for the positive and the, the miracles, they're going to find them a lot easier. And the next right. question I wanted to ask you, why are miracles so easily overlooked? Well, it's because we're all so busy. <laughs> you know, we, we live in a world that's so connected. We can go on the Internet anytime. We can, you know, use our phones to text message 24-7. We're always focused on, you know, whatever the details of our lives, whether it's getting the kids to soccer practice, getting the groceries got, you know, purchased, getting the tires on the car fixed, whatever it is, we're all so busy. And when we have downtime, we very often turn on the television. And so it's like our, our brains are constantly in this motion trying to figure out what's next. What, what do I need to do next? What do I need to fix? You know, because no matter whether it's actually fixing the, the washing machine that broke down or whether it's getting all the kids to the right places at the right time, it's kind of like we're constantly solving problems. You hear people talk about putting out fires all the time. When we're in that mode of constant busyness, it's very hard to sort of pull ourselves out, even for just the five or ten seconds it would take to really pay attention and acknowledge the good. And so when I say, you know, put that reminder on your phone, what I really am suggesting is that when that reminder comes up, you take the 10 seconds. Literally that's all it takes is 10 seconds to just you know, take a breath, pull yourself out of whatever activity you're doing, whatever the report is that you're writing and the stress that goes with that, whatever it is, pull yourself out of it just for those 10 seconds and think about what was the last big laugh that I had? When was the last time that I saw a child smile? Whatever it is for you, the, you know, the last really great conversation you had with a friend or your spouse or whomever, Think about those things. Really let yourself feel them even just for 10 seconds because those 10 seconds will begin to connect up with all of the other little 10 seconds that you take and it starts to become the through line of your day. And when that happens, it becomes easier to pull yourself out of those busy moments more consistently. Because the truth is that, you know, just because I'm the chief miracle officer doesn't mean that I'm any less busy or any less crazy or have any less of those things going on in my life than anybody else. I, let my, I get stressed. I get, I get crazy. The difference is that I have a, I, my, my mind has changed to the point that I have a different um, base assumption, that even when I'm upset or stressed out or feeling a little crazy-fied, I can still pull myself out and say, I know that in this moment, if I look, there will be something good going on. 
instead yeah, of like assuming that. that the crisis is all that there is. Yeah. When life is hard and we feel sad, hurt, or angry, are we supposed to find miracles in those moments too? Yeah, you know, this is such a big thing because um, I think people have have sort of gotten this idea that we're not supposed to feel angry. We're not supposed to feel sad. If we do, we're failing. If we, and it's especially bad with Facebook because so many people are putting up only the best, you know, the making their lives look as wonderful as possible and putting up all these, you know, inspirational things. And I just had, you can't just have a cup of coffee anymore. You have to have, like, the most orgasmic latte ever. <laughs> Um, and so we get this idea that we're supposed to be happy all the time. And you know what? It's not true. It's just not the way that life works. If you look at a baby, a baby who has not, you know, who's not experiencing most of the sort of emotional and mental stresses that we as adults who are moving around in this world experience, that baby's not happy all the time. That baby gets angry, that baby gets sad, that baby gets scared. They express all of those things with their crying, with their, you know, every baby's a little bit different. But, but that baby who has not yet learned any of the sort of societal norms is expressing a whole range of emotions. And it's so important for us to learn that it is okay to be sad it's okay to be angry and feeling those things doesn't make us any less spiritual it doesn't make us any less worthy it doesn't make us any less of miracle finders you know part of what i do on the miracle journal which is the blog that i write um www.themiraclejournal.com, part of what I do there is look at the stuff that doesn't look good in my life. And I look at it, you know, I call it the stinky piles of poo. (laughs) We all, (laughs) at some point in our lives, walk into our living rooms and and discover that there's a stinky pile of poo sitting in the middle of the floor. Now, we have all sorts of options about what we can do. We can ignore it. We can get angry. We can, you know, all sorts of different things that we can do. I would suggest that the most useful thing, the thing that not only gets the poo cleaned up, but also allows it to be a positive factor in our lives, is to take it outside, put it on the compost pile, and let it be part of the fertilizer for the next crop of flowers. So it's a metaphor that says bad things are going to happen, or maybe they're not bad, but, you know, scary things, things that make us angry, things that make us sad, things that make us agitated. Those things are going to happen. That's life. And we have the opportunity to look at them to feel our feelings and say, darn it, there's another stinky pile of poo in the middle of my floor and I really wish it weren't there. But to look at it and to say, eventually, I know there's going to be a flower here. 
I can't see it yet, but there will be. So just last night, in fact, I put up a post on the Miracle Journal um, about my relationship with my mom. She and I are very close. I spent a lot of years being really angry at her for things that happened with my dad when I was a kid. I felt like she should have protected me better than she did. She wasn't the one who was emotionally abusive. She wasn't the one who was a drunk. But I felt like if she really loved me, if she really cared about me, she would have protected me better. And I spent a lot of years really angry at her. The Hmm. miracle in all of that came the day that I realized that I was angry at her for things that that were not not hers to I was angry at the wrong person now I, I knew that intellectually but what I began to understand was that my mother was protecting me because she stayed in that house and she mitigated the circumstances to the very best of her ability No, she couldn't stop him from getting drunk. No, she couldn't stop him from being emotionally abusive, but she could be there to take care of me rather than leaving. She had two options. She could, and I explain all this more in the post, but she could leave and leave me behind with him, or she could stay and take care of me there. And she chose to stay. And that was the greatest gift I ever could have experienced. And so that, you know, in the, as a child, that was like a big old stinky pile of poo. But as I began to learn more and grow more, I began to realize that that was actually an incredible blessing. Hmm. Are you a naturally optimistic person? <laughs> well, like I said, I spent two, almost two decades in chronic depression, so no. <laughs> But you no. found a way to work yourself out of it, right? I've had to work. I really have had to work. And I truly believe that if I could do it, you know, I'm one of those people, if I could do it, anybody can, because I started so low that if I could do it, anybody can. Hmm, that is great. Um, we hear a lot in popular culture about the law of attraction and how what we think creates our reality. Is finding miracles the same as the law of attraction? I think that it's the same in that the more we look for miracles, the more our eyes open to see more of them. So, yes, when we look more, we see more. Because we see more, we're more open to seeing them, and we we attract to us more of those things. So in that way, yes. However... I think that that the law of attraction is just one of many laws of the universe. And that, that miracles, as I talk about them and experience them and share them with others, actually are, we're dealing with a law of the universe that's at an even higher frequency, at an even higher level, which says, that there are miracles happening in us, in our bodies, like I was talking about a few minutes ago, in us, around us, through us, in every moment of every day. Our only job is to notice them 
and acknowledge them. And I would say that the law of grace or the law of miracles, however you'd like to think of it, also says that there is absolutely nothing that we have to do to be worthy, to make ourselves worthy of experiencing miracles. We are worthy simply by the fact that we are breathing and that our heart is beating because our lungs don't have to be given instructions. Our heart doesn't have to be given instructions. We are worthy simply by the fact that we are here. We are experiencing the miracles. We are the miracles. And the converse of that is there's absolutely nothing we could possibly do that would make us lose the miracles, that would make them go away. We are worthy simply by the fact that we are breathing. And the fact that we are breathing proves that it can never be taken away from us. Leah, you do life coaching. How do you work with your clients on that? Um, I do work by phone um, and also in workshops sometimes. And what I work with people on are sort of the, the two sides of this coin. One is what's going right in your life. You know, where can we look at things that are already working and help you to bolster those, help you to really um, dig into those things so that you can feel great about where you already are. And on the other side of the coin, what are the stinky piles of poo in your life? And how can we start finding the flowers in those? How can we start transforming those from things that look and feel pretty icky and start finding the blessings and the lessons in them so that you can move forward from not just a happier place but also a deeper, richer place? And uh, and watching people experience that, watching people sort of have their eyes open, it's amazing. So when I work with people um, and they get it, you can hear their voice change. It's and very often with women, it's like their voice drops an octave. <laughs> mm. It's like they drop into their soul. They drop into their true self and even if it just lasts for a few moments it is so beautiful and so profound and i i just love what i do (laughs) i feel very lucky Uh, you're also a speaker uh do you have a place on your website where people can see what your topics are or yeah you know i'm actually still working on uh on that on my website, but yes, there is some information there, and um, I, I actually do a lot of speaking, um, and I love to do it. So, um, and, and I, I want to give them you. Yeah. Oh, okay, right. Like Thank you for reminding me. It's um, www.themiraclejournal.com, just the way it sounds. Um, the main part of the site is the blog. You can also sign up for. Um, to get the blog entries into, directly into your email plus other newsletters from me. Um, and when you sign up, you'll get a free digital copy of my book, um, The Year of Miraculous Living, which was about my first year of blogging and seeing the miracles with some exercises for you to, to start experiencing that process. And uh, there's also information there about coaching and speaking. Great. Um, 
I can't believe it. We're almost at our end of our time. It goes <laughs> very so fast. fast. <laughs> um, I've been interviewing Leah Carroll, Carey, who is the Chief Miracle Officer of the Miracle Journal. Leah, if somebody wanted to write you, how could they reach you? Email? Oh, you can reach me. Yeah, absolutely. You can reach me through the website. There's a contact form, but you're also welcome to just directly email me, Leah, L-E-A-H, at themiraclejournal.com. And I really love to hear from people. I love to hear your stories about the miracles going on in your life, as well as the stinky piles of poo. Um, I just, I really feel like it's so important for us to build community and to start to understand that we're really not alone in our experiences. Again, that e- that email is Leah L E A H at the Journal dot com, and her web yeah. and her website is www.themiraclejournal dot com. It's been a pleasure having you as my guest. It was very informative. I. I believe there's everything that happens. I always use the verbiage, okay, what do I need to learn from this? Because there is a learning thing in everything, whether it's good or whether it's negative. You know, there's always a lesson, like a miracle, that we can learn from it and turn it into something else. And I think that what you're doing is absolutely great, and and, uh, I certainly will spread the word because I do know some people who could certainly use some help in finding the miracles in their life. They're not looking in the right places. So, and I'm well, thank, ha- thank you, you so much. Thank you for being a guest. Uh, you've been listening to Diva Strategies for Success. And next week we have an incredible guest. Her name is Dale Stanton, and we're, we're ta- the topic is going to be the um, the hooker's daughter. And she wrote a book about it. And her mother was a hooker, and it's pretty interesting. I think we'll. Uh, find out she had to have a lot of miracles to get through what she had to get through. So anyway, thanks again for um, being my guest, Leah, and I wish you great success, and I'm going to look at your website myself. Bye now. Thank you so much, Robbie.